everybody. Welcome back to Locked On Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Happy New Year to you. It is New Year's Eve. It is 7.30. New Year's Eve right now as I'm recording this because my dumbass thought it would be a smart idea to record a podcast after the game tonight and then upload it tonight. Well, clearly, if we have to upload one tonight and then do one tomorrow, yeah, it it all makes sense. Loads of sense, because I'm that kind of guy. But in any event, welcome back, everybody, to Locked on Golden Knights. I am your host, Danny Webster, Vegas correspondent for NHL.com and site manager for SB Nation's Knights on Ice. And we are here to discuss a 5-2 to two victory for the Vegas Golden Knights over the Anaheim Ducks, which will secure first place in the Pacific Division, heading in to 2020. But before we do that, if this is the first time you are listening to this podcast, welcome and happy new year to you. We are a daily podcast talking about the Vegas Golden Knights here on the Locked On Podcast Network, which you can find on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher, or wherever else you may consume your podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Locked On VGK. You can follow me on Twitter at DannyWebster21, or if you like emails, because emails are fun too, you can send an email to LockedOnGoldenKnights at gmail.com. So the Vegas Golden Knights, your first place, Vegas Golden Knights. After losing in ridiculous fashion last Friday against the Anaheim Ducks, took care of business on Saturday in a must-win game against the Arizona Coyotes, and they come back home New Year's Eve in an afternoon, literally a noon puck drop to defeat the Anaheim Ducks and get their revenge 5-2 to two on Tuesday afternoon. The Golden Knights with 50 points this season will walk into the new year with first place intact regardless of how the Arizona Coyotes result ends up tonight. The Vancouver Canucks will have three games in hand and either, depending on the Coyotes' result right now, which I believe is still going on at this moment, depending on the result, either the Arizona Coyotes will be in second place in the Pacific Division or there will be a tie for second uh, heading into the new year. And as I look at right now, with 10 seconds left in the second period, the Coyotes are tied 1-1 with the reigning champion Blues in Arizona. So that is where things stand right now. But back to the Golden Knights, a very I I you could really say this was a dominant performance uh for the Golden Knights. Had it not been for the first Anaheim goal of the game, this could have been a very dominant 4-0, 5-0 kind of game. Um it had that feel from the early onset. Uh you know, Holzer scores a very lucky goal in the fir- to get Anaheim on the board. And then Mark Stone comes back to tie it with his third goal in two games to tie it at one. The most ridiculous play to the whistle goal I've ever seen in my entire life happens. And the Golden Knights take a two to one lead late in the first period. And then before you knew it, you looked at the shot at the shot chart and the Golden Knights had a 22 to five edge in shots. 22 to five. Five. What? <laughs> I I made I made a comment about halfway through the first period 
And it was after that one scrum where uh, Marshall got a couple of shots on John Gibson. And there were a couple of instances in that scrum that led to like four or five saves for Gibson. I looked up and all of a sudden Vegas had a 15 to five edge in shots. And I was like, how in the hell did that happen? But alas, it did. Vegas put up 22 shots in the first period. John Gibson was having to basically sprawl all over the crease. And the Ducks did nothing to really help him. There was no defensive resistance at all from the Ducks. And you could see it in that own goal from Josh Manson late in the first period because you <laughs> all I saw while watching this goal, the only thing that I saw was Gibson sprawls out, makes a makes a save with the splits, and then he falls on his back, tries to cover the puck. He lifts up a little bit, and I guess that's where the little room came to where the puck got loose and behind um, Gibson's shoulder. And my guess is Manson thought the puck was dead. Like, he thought it was covered up because you, you can't have that little bit of awareness to you know, take your stick and just go like you're, you know, you're, you're curling, right? That's basically what it looked like. It was a curling goal and he just pushed it right in. And then all of a sudden it's two to one. If Anaheim goes into that second period, one, one, then we're probably talking a whole different ball game, but the mental error by Anaheim. And here we are two to one golden Knights, uh, really get bottled up in the second period. They don't really get a whole ton of action offensively. Uh, until Riley Smith forces a turnover uh, and goes to the backhand, roofs it over Gibson, and it's 3-1. And just like that, Vegas, all the momentum, they've already dominated through two periods. Game's pretty much at hand. Jonathan Marchessault scores two more goals in the third period, one on a penalty shot, which was a beautiful move on Gibson, and then the empty net goal to make it 5-2 after Jacob Silverberg made it 4-2 late in the third period after a power play. So that's it, 5-2, Vegas Dominant win, uh, dominant in the shot department, dominant on the scoreboard. They have now outscored their last two opponents, 9-3. to three. And in divisional games, that is all you can ask for. Uh, Stone with his third goal in two games. Marshall with a two-goal game, I believe giving him five in the last six. Riley Smith with his 15th goal of the year. Alex Tuck with a quote-unquote goal, uh, his first in 12 games. And Marc-Andre Fleury with 26 saves, now all alone in sixth place on the NHL's all-time wins list with 455, passing Curtis Joseph for the mark. He is now three behind Rangers goalie Henrik Lundqvist. And I am here for the time, when the time comes, for Lundqvist and Fleury to be tied at like 460, and they keep surpassing each other, one after one after one after one after one. Because then, knowing my luck, I am going to have to repeat that every single time in my story when I, do, when I file for NHL.com because we usually go on the milestones, the big moments in you know, what can happen. That's, that's the last two stories I've led with Flurry. I'm going to have a feeling if it comes down to the point where Flurry has to pass Lundquist and then Lundquist passes Flurry and yada, 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 I'm going to get very tired about writing about this until Flurry finally distances himself from Lundquist and then has to basically only deal with the likes of Ed Belfour and uh, 
Robbie Luongo for the remainder of his career. So that'll be fun for me, and I'm pretty sure it'll be also very fun for Marc-Andre Fleury because he will not have to discuss these questions anymore going forward. Once he passes Henrik Lundqvist for good, we probably will not ask Fleury about how does it feel to pass X-name goaltender for about another year or so because he's very likely going to pass uh, Ed Belfour, who I believe is fourth, and then Robbie Luongo, who is third. So there you go. He's probably going to pass them at some point. Um, but at least for right now, he probably doesn't have to worry about answering that question for a while. So again, big, big win for the Golden Knights. They will take first place into the Pacific Division heading into 2020. And they are 2-0 on this homestand, this seven-game homestand that they are on, which for all intents and purposes is the best thing you can do right now when you've been kind of struggling at home for the better part of the first half of the season. You come back home for these next these last two and you dominate division opponents. Now we're going to get into the fun stuff because the fun stuff now is Thursday against the Philadelphia Flyers who are battling for a playoff spot in the Eastern Conference. They also kicked the living hell out of the Golden Knights the last time they came to Philly. To be fair, that was also when Oscar Dansk was in net and that's probably going to be a little bit different. Um, I would probably say since it'll be a... Uh, I would say since it's in between days, I would say that Flurry will get the start against Philadelphia um, just because I think they want to keep the momentum going. Um, I, would I be shocked if they went Malcolm Subban on Thursday? No. But I think that it, to keep Flurry going, and right now he's been playing very well in these last two starts, keep him out there, see what he can do, and then we'll figure it out on Saturday when you have to take on the St. Louis Blues. Um, which by the way, that two game stretch is going to be a lot of fun. If you are into high competitive hockey and if it's been a while since you've seen really competitive hockey at T-Mobile arena, those next two games are going to be a lot of fun. So big win for the golden Knights. They are right now, as it stands record wise, they are 22, 15 and six, which is considering where we were at this point about a month ago, it's pretty darn good. Pretty darn good. Uh, 5-2 victory for the Golden Knights on this afternoon. Now we need to discuss uh, the big news yesterday in that Marc-Andre Fleury is going back to the All-Star game uh, for a fifth time overall, third year in a row since joining the Vegas Golden Knights via the expansion draft. Fleury was one of two goaltenders selected. He will join at this moment, pending on his health, Darcy Kemper of the Arizona Coyotes. Um, Before we get into Flurry and whether he is deserving or not, this new format is dumb. It is absolutely stupid. Now, here's the thing. I like the three-on-three. I think it's very entertaining. I think it uh, solicits a lot of goals. I think it solicits a lot of offense. And I, for one... When it comes to an all-star game, I am very much in favor of that. Now, I'm not saying go back to five on five, but what I'm saying is we should not be giving participation trophies to those who to one person on each team. Now, the argument is going to come up here about Marc-Andre Fleury, but I will say this, who is better in goal right now that you can put in? instead of Marc-Andre Fleury. Darcy Kemper and who? 
That's the, that's really, John Gibson, maybe, right? But the Ducks haven't been winning. And Gibson has been allowing a ton of goals left and right. And you could make the case for that. But the team that's winning, which is the Golden Knights, is going to send their best overall player. Okay? So that's where I would divvy up on the argument there. But as far as... You know, you know what? Give me one second. We're going to pull up the roster here. We are going to pull up the Pacific Division roster because this is where I find this to be extremely stupid. It's not necessarily, it's not the format. The three on three format is great. What I have a problem with is putting one player on each team. And where I have the problem with that is based on how the, the the Pacific Division is stacked up. Seven forwards, two goalies, one defenseman? What in the hell is going on? That is the dumbest thing you could possibly do. And I had to go through each other every other division to make sure that this was not happening. The Metro is sending three defensemen, Carlson, Jones, Hamilton. The Central is sending two defensemen, Petrangelo and Yossi. The Atlantic is sending two defensemen, Hedman and Weber. Why is the Pacific Division sending one defenseman? Okay, that's number one. Number two, it has basically come to the point where we are sending players to, one, give each organization a boost, which fine because there are going to be some players on some teams that are never going to get in because there are some teams that are just so bad than compared to everybody else. Like, you know, if I looked at the Atlantic, for example, the Ottawa senators aren't great, but I know Anthony Duclair is good and he is deserving of an all-star appearance. That's where I can see it. The Red Wings are the worst team in the league by default. Their best player is Tyler Bertuzzi. He's going to go right um, you know, I can look at the central. It re- okay, really nothing in the central there. Eric Stahl's going to a six game. Sagan's at a six. Kane is ninth. You know, that's fine. The central is what it is. The Metro, I'm looking here. Hamilton, Jones, Corpusalo, uh, Palmieri. Again, the Devils, by default, now that they don't have Taylor Hall, their best player is now Kyle Palmieri, who is now going to the All-Star game. We're just sending a devil there. You know what I mean? It's like we're just sending guys there. When you get to the Pacific Division, you cannot tell me, and I am looking at one, two, three, three names in particular. You cannot tell me that three players, and I'm particularly pointing to Jacob Silverberg, Anze Kopitar, and Logan Couture. You cannot tell me that those three deserve to be an all-star over Max Pacioretty. Or Mark Stone. And when you look at the at the last men in category, Max Pacioretty is the last man in for the Golden Knights. And he's up against Getzlov, Keller, Gaudreau, Nuge, Dowdy, Hurdle, and Hughes. Now, popular consensus or general smart consensus would have me believe that it's either going to be Drew Doughty or Quinn Hughes, because for the love of God, the Pacific Division needs another defenseman. Or unless you're going to hang Anze Kopitar out to dry as a third defenseman on a three-on-three. Like, it makes no sense that 
The Pacific Division is sending seven forwards, and you mean to tell me that three of those forwards are deserving over Max Pacioretty or Mark Stone? That's why I think this format is absolutely stupid. And the fact that the Golden Knights right now only have one representative in the All-Star game, being the first place team in the Pacific Division, hell, when they were leading the Pacific Division in year one, they had to send somebody else, and, and you know they should have sent William Carlson, but they sent James Neal. Not that I have a problem with James Neal going in year one, fine. He's one of the elder statesmen. But for the love of God, this format is so stupid. It is ridiculous. Um, but now back to Flurry. Is Flurry deserving of getting in? By statistical measure, probably not. Uh, 913 save percentage after today. 913 save percentage, 271 GAA. That 271 GAA is um, 0.18 higher than what he had last year. And the 913 save percentage is clearly his lowest in his entire time with Vegas. Not saying that a lot of those losses were his fault. I mean, I pointed that the Colorado one is obviously the one where it's like, Maybe if he doesn't give up seven goals, the GAA looks a little bit better. The save percentage looks way better. And maybe the numbers aren't as skewed. You know what I mean? So that's probably where you're going when you think about that. I'm pretty sure that game alone made a big hit on those numbers. But if you're trying to tell me if he's the most deserving Golden Knight right now, I... it's just crazy to me that we're talking about Max Pacioretty needing a fan vote to be the last man into the All-Star game. Max Pacioretty has gone years without being an All-Star, and finally this is his golden opportunity to be an All-Star. And here we are saying, okay, voting opens on Wednesday. Everybody get on your phones and get on your computers and click, click, click. It's just... I don't know. I, I look at this format... And, and again, you, you run into the problem of it being, you know, you want to represent the division. But I feel like you could do three on three if you get the best players in there. You know what I mean? Like, you could have a three on th- You could still have the Pacific Division, but you're not going to have every team represented. Because at that point, it just becomes one giant participation trophy. Because no one cares if Logan Couture is in there. No one cares if Anze Kopitar is in there. No one cares if Jacob Silverberg's in there. Because those guys represent the three worst teams in the Pacific Division. I don't want to see that. If I want to see the best players on the ice, I want to see Connor McDavid. I want to see Leon Dreisaitl, which they're sending to in Edmonton. I would want to see Mark... I don't even know if I'd want to see Mark Giordano because he's having a kind of an off season, but they're rewarding him because he was the Norris, the Norris trophy winner last year. So, I mean, who do you have? You McDavid, Dreisaitl. I would go Pacioretty. I would go with Stone. Um, Pedersen, Elias Pedersen, definitely in. So that's five forwards. Now, again, you don't need to bring seven of them because you need a sit another defenseman. So there's five forwards right there. McDavid, Dreisaitl, Pacioretty, Stone, Pedersen. And for a six forward, fine. You can 
if you want, if you feel the need, put in Couture, put in Kopitar. Because, but I don't see any reason why Jacob Silverberg is an all-star. I don't. There are three guys making their, and you know what? I would even count in Matthew Kachuk. Maybe Matthew Kachuk should be that six forward. So I, I would, th- there you go. There are your six forwards. No Silverberg, no Couture, no, Couture, no Kopitar. You mean to tell me in the Pacific Division you cannot find another defenseman? You mean to tell me that you can't put in Quinn Hughes or you maybe put in Drew Doughty or give some nod to Shea Theodore? Like, you can't do that? It is ridiculous that we're even having this discussion. No one wants to watch. The the Pacific Division is clearly far and away the worst team out of here. And we're trying to get the best players in each division to be in this All-Star game? The Pacific Division will get romped. Flurry is going to get his ass handed to him. Like, <laughs> if and you know the the worst part of it is the worst. Actually, I won't even say the worst part. One of the worst parts of it is the coach of the Pacific Division is going to be Gerard Gallant. If they win on Thursday, it is going to be Gerard Gallant. And Turk, I know for a fact, would rather spend his time in Prince Edward Island than he would in St. Louis coaching this kind of a crap team. What the hell am I going to do for that? What the hell am I going to what the hell am I going to benefit? Especially if I'm only going to get one of my guys who's leading the Pacific Division, if I'm only going to get one of my guys in the actual game. Because if Pacioretty is not the last man voted in for the Pacific Division, one that's a crime. Two, this is, the, this is the bed that the NHL's lied in. But I look at the rest of this roster. I mean, let me just, let's just read the Atlantic Division, okay? Even if you add in Bertuzzi and Declare on two crap teams, Pasternak, Rosk, uh, Eichel, Huberto, Weber, Declare, Hedman, Anderson, Matthews, you know, okay, that's a, that team could put up like 10 goals. Just by Pasternak, Eichel, and Matthews alone. Okay? Central Division. Uh, Kane, McKinnon, Sagan. Dunn already there. Stahl, Yossi, O'Reilly, Bennington, Petrangelo, Hellebuck, Shifley. Who wants to face that team? You know? The Metro. Dougie Hamilton, Seth Jones, Corpusalo. Corpusalo probably won't even be participating in it because he's now out four to six weeks. So they're going to have to find another goalie. Palmieri, Barzal, Panarin, Konechny, Gensel, with Jake Gensel's now out for four to six months, so they got to put in another forward, Carlson, and Holtby. So even if you take, if you even you add another goalie from the Metro, which, no, I'm throwing a name out there, maybe Semyon Varlamov, you throw him in there, and then you take out Gensel, and, you know, if you can find another forward healthy enough in time to put him in there, no one wants to face that team. Who is going to be intimidated at going against Silverberg, Kachuk, McDavid, Drysaddle, Kopitar, Couture, and Pedersen? With Mark Giordano being your lone defenseman. Now, I know I should not be getting anywhere remotely angry because this is an all-star game. And the fact that Alex Ovechkin is sitting out for the second consecutive year tells you that if he, the greatest goal scorer of our time, of our generation, if he 
is not even caring about being in the All-Star game. Why should I care about this? Because there are actually guys who deserve to go. And unless you are putting up 35 goals through the first 40 games and your team is sitting third to last in the Western Conference, I don't want to see you. That's why the All-Star game is a joke. That's why no one cares about it. No one even cares about the skills competition. Nobody cares about it. But if I want to watch an All-Star game, I want to see the best players from each division. If you want to go that route, because you can't do conferences anymore, put the best teams from e- or best teams together in each division. Put the best players on there. And I'll tell you what, I would have a lot more fun watching the Pacific Division if it was McDavid, Dreisaitl, Pacioretty, Stone, and Pedersen. And maybe Kachuk being the sixth forward. I would have a lot more fun watching that team than I would watching Jacob Silverberg firing a pass to Anze Kopitar. And yeah, no one wants to watch that. You want to watch the best players from the best teams. That's why the NBA All-Star Game, you hardly see players who are on terrible teams. The Pro Bowl, you have no exception because you have 53 guys that you just got to throw into a field. The MLB All-Star Game, unless you are batting 320 for the worst team in the league, you're not going to get in there. No one wants to watch you. Sure, there are like five or six pitchers that get there for the first time that no one's really heard about, but you know what? They're there. But I, if I want to get interested in the All-Star game, I don't want to watch guys who are getting participation trophies. I want to see the best players from the best division, or from the, from the I want to see the best players from the top team in the division get in there. And the fact that we are sitting here having to rely on a vote for Max Pacioretty to get in. Now, I look at this list. There is a really good chance that Max Pacioretty is going to get in there. But the fact that the Pacific Division needs a second defenseman, I'm not holding my breath. So it could be Drew Doughty or Quinn Hughes that gets the final vote. But if Max Pacioretty gets in there, then fantastic. But it shouldn't have gotten to that point. It should not have gotten to that point. By the way, um, you can cast 10 ballots for a 24-hour period. So if you're a Golden Knights fan, that's how you get Max Pacioretty in the game, which is ridiculously stupid. Change the format, NHL. That's all I'm saying. Change the format. Because are we really saying that Jacob Silverberg and Anze Kopitar and Logan Tur are having better seasons than Max Pacioretty? Are we really saying that they're having better seasons than Mark Stone? I I don't understand it. I don't understand it. And again, I shouldn't even be getting this pissed off. But this is is the reason why no one really cares about the All-Star game. Yeah, it's entertainment. Entertainment as far as three-on-three goes. And I am here to watch three-on-three hockey. I'm thinking, you're going to get excited for that. But if I want three-on-three hockey, I want three-on-three hockey that is going to include the best players in the league. And again, all due respect to Jacob Silverberg, he's not one of the best players in the league. Anze Kopitar, still productive, but he's on one of the worst teams in the Pacific Division. Logan Couture is the captain of one of the worst teams in the Pacific Division. 
No one wants to watch them. There's also a reason why Eric Carlson and Brent Burns are not on the roster. And until the NHL can fix this format and fix how it selects players, why are we even watching? Why are we even watching? So that rant went a little bit longer than I anticipated. Um, There are still games going on. And again, this is already going up as late as it usually should not be. But uh, with an early show back tomorrow, I'm going to try and get an early show tomorrow, depending on um, what happens, because practice is at 1230 tomorrow. I might do it might be another late show. We'll we'll kind of see where it goes from there. Um, but we'll do a look around the league tomorrow. We'll do we'll look around some of the high, uh, the notable games uh, from tonight and we'll break those down uh, tomorrow. Um, but yeah, that, that pretty much was all I had. Uh, I know that, that rant about the all-star game was a little bit longer than I would like it to be, but it, it is true. It is stupid and the NHL needs to fix it. There are a lot of things the NHL needs to fix. If they want to get, if they want to bring back that excitement factor, that, that's one of the ways to do it. I'm just saying. All right, guys, that's going to do it. Uh, happy new year to you. Uh, we're about, we're T minus four hours away, uh, from the time of this going up. Uh, to the the official new year. So if you are, God forbid, listening to this and waiting for the uh, the ball to drop in New York City or if you're waiting for the fireworks on the Strip, um, Happy New Year to you. Hope you all have a safe time. Please be safe out there. Um, there's a reason why I've you know, lived here all my life, 27 years, and I've never once gone on the Strip on New Year's. Plenty of reasons why, and I will never do that. So please be safe. Um and please don't drink and drive. Please do everything to stay safe around you and your loved ones if you are out and about this evening. So thank you guys. Uh, we'll be, by the time you next listen to this podcast, it will be 2020. And it's crazy, but it also means we are more than halfway done through this season. And the Vegas Golden Knights are in first place in the Pacific Division. So thank you guys. I am Danny Webster. This has been Locked on Golden Knights. And we'll see you in 2020. Have a good one.